What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Going for Two with Jack Taylor. My name is Jack Taylor. And my name is Hunter, too. And this is our first episode since Elon Musk has officially purchased our podcast. So expect some big changes coming soon. Uh, we finally have our, our first first buyer. And um, so we're really excited about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So he's just buying everything. Um, yeah, I, that, was, that was a joke, uh, surprisingly. He's buying um, going for two to, to make more statue jokes. Mm-hmm. Because you just won't stop talking about dang statues. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, welcome back. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and uh, we have a really good show for you today. We have a, a fun little draft-themed uh, segment here at the beginning because we want to uh, bring in some attention to the NFL draft and shout out our guy Charles Cross for going, uh, was it ninth overall? Uh, was it ninth or 10th? I think it may have been 10th, I think. Okay. I kind of forgot. He went to the 10. Seahawks in the top 10. Yeah, so we're in the top 10. So we're really excited for them. Yeah, he's a Laurel guy, uh, so from Laurel to Mississippi State and now to Seattle. So we're really excited for him, and like I said, we have a draft uh, coming up soon. We did something like kind of like this last year around this time, so it uh, might make it a tradition here uh, on the NFL draft. But after that, what else do we have in store, Hunter? Uh, yeah, so we're coming off of series win against Ole Miss. Um, mm-hmm. Some things never change. Um, and then, you know, uh, midweeks that don't matter don't matter. Uh, we never win midweeks like those. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And then we're kind of going to talk about SEC standings and where we are looking towards the postseason. And uh, doing that, we'll talk about the Mizzou series. Yeah, and we actually don't have a midweek coming up next week uh, for the first time all year. So uh, we don't have to, another we don't have a midweek to talk about. Um, we never but win we those. Will, yeah, we will talk about the Missouri series and then kind of look ahead to the series that we have to close out the year and see see what we have to do to uh, to make a run for the postseason. But yeah, um, before that, like I said, we're gonna do this segment, and uh, so we have a draft, and we're drafting um, major league baseball or professional baseball players that came from uh, Mississippi State and uh, are either in the minor leagues now or in the major leagues. So uh, I guess Scotty DeBrule and Elijah McNamee are technically on the table because they're professional baseball players but um i might steer clear of them um so they're they're free 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 real estate for you over there but uh mm-hmm. yeah yeah, uh, yeah i'll write that down yeah they're on they're on your big board um so we did a random number generator to decide who was going to go first and i actually got first pick so um we're just doing like alternating right we're not gonna yeah, do just like, alternating snake. no okay. need the snake all right so with the first overall pick in the Diamond Dogs. Oh, yeah. We, uh, w- we would like to say um, we're doing five players. Two of them have to be pitchers, and three of them have to be in the field. So Okay. Yeah, Sounds that's good. what we're doing. Um, all right. So first <clears throat> overall pick, I'm going to take Adam Frazier of the Seattle Mariners. Okay. All right, I'm going to write it down. Okay. Will you write down mine as well? I'll try to remember them, but I'm extremely lazy and don't have a piece of paper, even though I said that I would write that down earlier. Okay, with my first round pick, I'm going to take Hunter Renfro. Uh, okay. Just because, yeah, uh, had to get someone on offense there to, to kind of be close to Adam Frazier, and mm-hmm. I feel like I can get some okay value with pitchers. All right, I like it. Um, so... We go, we go both hitters off the bat, and they're, they're probably the two most successful hitters that we have, in, or like um, position players that we have in the in the league right now. Um, Hunter Renfro now with the Brewers, and like I said, Adam Frazier with the Mariners. So really two strong, um, uh, two I mean, top two picks there, and they both were on the same team at one point, which is pretty crazy. Uh, it took us to a College World Series final, but we did really well in that. Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> Now with my next pick, I think I'm gonna go dip into the pitchers and take who I think is the best pitcher that we have in the major leagues right now, and that's gonna be Brandon Woodruff. Okay. Right. See, so see, he's see, also that's... with the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, that that that's the chance that I took uh, going Renfro right there. Yeah. I just I just didn't think I could really, you know, hey, if take... if you had gone Woodruff, I would have gone Renfro. So yeah, and There's, and I wouldn't have had enough win. bat to do anything right there. Yeah, um, I think you made the right choice. So I think 
I'm going to go Nate Lowe right here. Okay. Uh, Nate Lowe, he had a really good season last year. Kind of, kind of like, kind of broke out like for a little bit there. And yeah, beginning of his I, season, I, he was like the hottest hitter in, <clears throat> on the planet. Yeah, so, I think he is the third best offensive diamond dog. So yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. All right. He's batting um, three seventy five right now this season. So that's geez. awesome. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. I did not know that. Well, yeah, um, yeah. all right. So, and also a stipulation. Uh, I know you may be wondering why we've passed on uh, maybe Will Clark, Rafael Palmeiro, or Jonathan Papelbon, something like that. They have to be current players. Um, so that's. I mean, I'm not. I probably would have chosen some of these guys over them anyway. But um, anyway, yeah, have to be current players currently in the minor leagues or the major leagues. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um. My, for the fourth overall pick, so you just got Nate Lowe. I am going to go with... I'll probably take my one of my favorite Diamond Dogs ever. I'll go Brent Rooker here. Okay. Right. Yeah, his bat hasn't like really taken off in the major leagues yet. He's kind of been up and down with AAA, but I really do think he's like our next big star that's going to break out. And he's now with the Padres, so he's in a he's on a he's on a fun team now. Uh, he's not stuck in Minnesota, wasting away, and um, so that's going to be my my uh, the fifth overall pick, my third pick though. So okay, I'm I'm going to take a chance. A pitcher. Okay. I'm going to take a chance here, and I'm going to get someone that I don't want to miss. Um, he's not in the majors. Do I'm going don't Ethan do it, Small. Don't do it, don't do it. Dang it! Yeah, dang uh, it. I knew if I knew if I let him go, you were going to get him there. Um, <laughs> Right now he has Dang. four starts on the season with a .49 ERA. Okay. 18.1 yeah, innings pitched, 24 Ks. Um, it's unbelievable. Some some would say the best pitcher in the the best Diamond Dog pitcher in the yeah. Brewers organization. <laughs> I mean he. I mean this this is the year he's supposed to make his uh, major league debut, and he's still. I mean from the college levels to <clears throat> the professional baseball, he still strikes out everybody that walks up to the plate so mm-hmm. um he's unbelievable and i'm really really sad that i that i didn't get him <laughs> so glad that um, i got him i knew you were gonna go for him ah <sighs> dang well i will probably get my next pitcher here and i hate that i'm gonna have to do it i actually don't hate it i love this guy i'm gonna go dakota hudson okay He's another one of my favorite Diamond Dogs. Uh, he was on the 2016 team. He's really, really good. I kind of want to see what his stats are this year. You can go ahead and make your pick. Okay. Yeah, this pick's going to take me just a little bit. This, right. this is, this is got, a pretty... Yeah, this is where it's getting thin. <clears throat> but, um, so, Dakota Hudson on the year, 1-1 one one with a 3.9 ERA. Not, not the greatest, but hey, we're good. Okay. I think. Okay. Okay. Just the best ground ball pitcher in Major League Baseball. That's all that he is. But I may be stupid here. Okay. You probably are. I'm probably going to be very stupid here. Give me Jake Mangum. That was going to be my last pick. So Okay, cool. Um, so I now have my three offensive players. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, And uh, you have... I, yeah, you're looking for a need... pitcher and I'm looking for a pitcher, correct? No, I got Dakota Hudson and Brandon Woodruff. So. Oh, um, I, just, okay, I need cool. another position player. So, um... Well, I'm glad I didn't do the opposite of that then. That would have been dumb. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. So I can, we've got like several minor league guys we can go with here uh, at, for hitters. Uh, I was going to throw out a couple of guys that you probably aren't going to name, um, like Tanner Allen or, yeah, you're just looking for a pitcher. So, yeah, you're not going to name mm-hmm. any of these guys. So yeah, Tanner Allen, yeah, we, Rowdy we are Jordan. free right now. Yeah, Tanner Allen, Rowdy Jordan, um, any, uh, Justin Foscue, um, oh, I just said his name and like remembered that he was like on in in like in contention for this draft. Um, legitimately, uh-huh. think I'm about to take Justin Foskey. You're taking Justin Foskey? Yeah. 
So it was it was between him and Mitch Moreland, and Mitch would be such a chalk pick. Uh, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. I, I gotta take Foscue. He's probably one of my favorites in the minor leagues, and I didn't think about him until I said his name. So okay, um, that's gonna round cool. up my draft. I was I was hoping to get a minor league guy <clears throat> anyway, so that works. Okay, cool. So I I have a few I have a few pitchers available for me. Um, yeah, I've I can pick Chris Stratton, uh, Kendall Graveman sitting right there. That'd be a first reliever that you that you take. Probably be a good pick. Um, yeah, but if, but if I go over here, um, there's a JT Ginn sitting there, uh, real yeah. high upside guy. There's a Jonathan Holder. Yeah. I think I think I'm just gonna be safe and go Kendall Graveman. Okay. I I think that I, I I could have been like. Two like high upside guys with uh, Ethan Small and JT Ginn. Could you imagine them on the same pitching staff? It would be crazy. <laughs> they were crazy, by the way. Uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so right. that rounds out the draft. Yeah, so I'll go through the teams real quick, and we're actually going to post these on our Instagram, and we're going to let you guys kind of, I don't know if we'll do a poll or just let you guys comment, whatever. Probably be best to do a poll. Probably a poll, um, yeah. Yeah, that would, that would make sense. So my team is Adam Frazier, Brandon Woodruff, Brent Rooker, Dakota Hudson, and Justin Foscue. Your team is Hunter Renfro, Nate Lowe, Ethan Small, Jake Mangum, and Kendall Graveman. So two really good teams. Both of us have uh, one minor leaguer that hasn't quite made it to the majors yet. Um, but I have two. I Fos- <laughs> you have two. Oh, yo, I forgot about Mangum. Yeah. But um, but <laughs> but between Ethan Small and Justin Foscue, those should be our next two guys that make it to the majors. Um, so we, we picked really high on the minor leaguers and then Jake Mangum is just you know, randomly Cole Gordon makes it. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Like, uh, but anyway, that was fun, uh, fun little, uh, draft segment. And like I said, we will be posting these on our Instagram for you guys to vote on. And, um, there will be absolutely no consequence or, uh, reward for the winner. So, um, that's always fun too. But... With all that being said, now we're going to move into uh, what was a, a pretty fun series and a series that had a lot riding on it, whether it seemed like it or not. Um, the, the winner of this series actually could move on and have something to play for for the rest of the year. The loser of this series, I mean, obviously still has something to play for, but is really like in a hole. And um, mm-hmm. doesn't, I mean, just conference record wise, like if you're looking at that 14 15 game magic number, you know, losing this series and staying at six or seven wins is really going to be brutal, you know, especially with the, the level of competition we have week in, week out. And um, so winning this series was really, really big. I know we've already, I mean, if, you, if you're listening to this, you already know we, we won the series against Ole Miss. And if you don't, then I'm so sorry that you rely on us for all of this information. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so. Um, what 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 stuck out to you from us this weekend? Was it hitting, pitching? What was it? So so we, after that first game, as as y'all saw and and heard, we we didn't feel good at all. Um, no, no. We were like we just went out there and got good pitching, but the bats did absolutely nothing. Yeah, like nothing at all. And then yeah. we come out in this Friday game and we're like. The whole night before, we said, if you get out two runs ahead of us, this team's dead. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's just not going to happen. And then maybe the worst possible thing, like, that exact thing happened Yeah. in the first inning of the Friday game. Um, I mean, yeah, so we, I forgot. We had already talked about the first series, the first game of the series. Like, we, yeah. We did this. We did our last episode right after that. Okay, yeah. So we already, we've already talked about the complete game. Um from Dylan DeLucia, which really, I mean, set up their, their bullpen for the rest of the week. And, uh, you know, they should have had every advantage possible. They have their entire bullpen to work with. They have the home field advantage. They have a little bit of hype coming into these next two games with their, you know, big uh, big weekend, their, you know, spring football game and double-decker weekend and everything. And then, to top it all off, back-to-back-to-back home runs in the bottom of the first inning off Preston Johnson, who... I mean, gives up maybe one home run a game, but usually yeah. it's pretty solid. And you're just like, you have got to be kidding. Me. And then gives <laughs> up another in the second. Like, yeah, I mean, b- before he got recorded like, an out in the second inning. So, on paper, in the first, in his first full inning, 
he gave up four home runs, four solo home runs. That's the key, because solo home runs, like we've we've said before and you've heard before, like they don't kill you. It's the three run home runs and obviously like a grand slam. That those those are what kills you because those big chunks of runs. But I mean, solo home runs don't kill you, but three in a row to start a game usually do. Yeah, um, and and. and and to our credit, we we had one in the first inning, on top of the yeah. first, Luke Hang, Luke Hancock uh, homered, uh, yeah. and we took a one nothing lead, and we're like, okay, let's let's try this again, and then you get to the bottom half, and it's just, yeah. I, I turned it off <laughs> for right then, and I was like, yeah, I mean, because we pretty, just talked the night before, like, yeah, like we talked so for every, thirty minutes run, about. It's crazy. Every run on Thursday night was scored via a home run, and then in the first two innings, solo shots, every run was scored on a home run until we start scoring later on in that game. And um, so um, let's look at this box score here. We go, so it's 4-1 to one Ole Miss, and then we score two in the sixth, and that's finally when we started scoring on anything but uh, home runs. And then we score four in the seventh, three in the eighth. They get three of their own in the eighth, and then we were able to shut it down and win the game 10-7. to seven. Um, The thing that stuck out to me in this game, obviously we've talked about Preston Johnson giving up those home runs early in the game, but he's able to put that behind him and get to 103 pitches and go five innings. Of uh, He gives up nine hits, four earned runs. All those runs were just on the solo shots in that first and second inning. Uh, but he gets eight strikeouts and, like I said, goes five innings. He I mean, he's unbelievable uh, how he was able to just put that behind him, shake it off, and um, and keep us in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he proved me wrong. I was I was kind of mad. That, I mean, we were leaving him in, but he proved me wrong. Our offense proved me wrong. Um, I mean, anything that we said on that episode last week, this team proved us wrong uh, the next two games. So, um Ole Miss with all the advantages, with having their full bullpen, uh, and to their credit, I mean their bullpen. <laughs> I guess they weren't just awful, but um, yeah, like I mean, once they, we, they did well against us, like yeah, for the most we, part, we just scraped some hits together, and um, so in that game we see home runs from, like we said, Luke Hancock, and then we had two home runs, uh, one from Hunter Hines and one from Kellum Clark, so. Um, Kellum Clark with his second on the weekend. He had a, he had a good weekend against him. Brad Cumbus had a couple of doubles in that game. Um, Lane Forsythe had, had his like had his best first, hit of his career. Yeah, his first extra base hit of the season. And then Jess Davis. That was another uh, talking point. So Slade Offered finally. Uh, I shouldn't say finally. Um, he he didn't do anything just terrible. I mean, he just wasn't wasn't really producing at the plate. Um, so we move Cam James back to third base, and Jess Davis goes back to center. And he produces at the plate. I mean, he, he hits a double, an RBI double in that game, and then has some warning track power all weekend long, um, which was kind of frustrating. But, I mean, hey, yeah. he, he, he's hitting the baseball, so um, got to give him credit there. Um, but, uh, anyway, I, I thought Preston was really good. Needed to give him some credit. And then we went to Pico, who, had, who went uh, two innings and – only threw 32 pitches through those two innings. So I was kind of surprised to see him come out and Casey Hunt come in. But uh, Casey comes in and has a pretty shaky um, shaky eighth inning. He gives up three runs in that inning. And then uh, we trot him back out there for the ninth. And the bases, I think it gets runners on first and second maybe. Mm-hmm. And then um, we get a grounder to third in the game. So uh, really good job by KC to kind of limit some damage and, and, and preserve a win there, even with the tying run coming to the plate. So Yeah, uh, I, I completely agree with all that. Um, yeah, it, it was just one of those games. Got a, got a little hairy in the bottom of the eighth. Um, yeah. Did, didn't really enjoy that. Um, KC wasn't looking great, but luckily Ole Miss really, really sucks. So, you know. There you go. Um, so after winning that game, we go into Sunday, uh, with a, for the rubber match and, you know, just looking at it on paper, the pitching matchup, you have Cade Smith going for us versus Derek Diamond for them. And I know, I mean, maybe outside of Starkville, outside of Mississippi State fans, not many people know who Cade Smith is, but he's a young guy who is just one of the better pitchers in the SEC, I have to think. Um, Mm -hmm. but I can't imagine being much better than him. Yeah, I mean, especially for, I mean, 
what is he a sophomore i mean maybe a freshman yeah i don't know he's probably a freshman like technically somehow Uh, yeah he's a sophomore apparently okay there you go Uh, for one for once it actually makes sense yeah i think he he's actually a second year player so um but yeah Cade smith i mean he he seems to with the exception of the lsu game which was really weird just because the wind was blowing out and home runs were getting made out of you know just lazy fly balls um but i mean he's really good for like five innings and then things start getting like getting kind of hairy um so he goes 5.1 in this game or five and a third excuse me i hate when people do that he gives up four earned uh strikes out six but walks four and the walks are really the issue i'm pretty sure in this game um uh i think the bases were loaded and tj mccants was up and we went to uh cam teller <coughs> and walked him, cam right? came in what did he come in and walk him or yeah well cam came in with a in a 2-0 count. So he was already kind of behind the eight ball there. Uh, gets two strikes on TJ McCants, and then there's two straight balls. So we walk him, walk in a run, and then that was all for Cam. So we, it was just a matchup, uh, matchup thing bringing him in. Fristo comes in, and uh, I think gives up a sack fly, but that was all the yeah, damage there. That, so. that looked like it was going to be an absolute tank from Calvin Harris. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a grand slam like waiting to happen, and then um, so we were very very fortunate there. Uh, but Fristo gives us two really really good innings. Mm-hmm. Um, really really proud of Fristo, who who just seems to really keep stepping up when when we really need him. Um, so he goes to two really big innings of uh, one hit, no runs, one walk, and he gets a couple strikeouts. Then we go straight to Pico for the second day in a row, and uh, poor kid, poor. Poor Pico. He um he goes uh I don't really know how this works, but he went one and then KC went two two and two thirds. I don't really Did they know. go middle of a count? That might be how it is. I don't really know. But um Pico uh had a pretty good inning, but in the ninth he gives up a two run bomb to um Jacob Gonzalez, which, I mean, I know we can say it all we want, but this one, like, I've, I've gone back and watched it, and it was a very, very bad, like, uh, it was a ball called, or it was strike three, but it was called a ball. So that gave Jacob Gonzalez another life at the plate, and he took advantage of it. He used that life and hit a two-run bomb, and I was out in uh, right field and had to uh, go stand under a tent so I wouldn't get showered with beer after that. So uh, that was that was loads of fun. Um, I really, I, I, I've thought about just leaving the game because I was there, there in person for that one because um, I just kind of saw the writing on the wall. But um, and I'm really glad I stuck around because Casey Hunt comes in and pitches two and two-thirds of really, really good baseball. No hits, no walks, no runs. Um, I mean, they just went down quietly. And, uh, and Brad Cumbus, SEC Player of the Week, just uh, hits a home run and the bottom of the 11th, or top of the 11th, excuse me, and uh, and wins the game for us. And uh, but really, really good job closing it out by KC and um, and the Rebel Killer uh, Brad Cumbus. It went from uh, Jake Mangum to Tanner Allen to to now Brad Cumbus is the newest Rebel Killer for us. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, he got SEC Player of the Week, so he had seven hits. Um, Three RBIs, two home runs, two doubles uh, off of Ole Miss this weekend, which is just <laughs> that's just absurd. Stupid. Yeah, and then Logan Tanner uh, had six hits quietly. Um, with I mean, he's just quietly hitting like well over three hundred now, um, and so yeah, he is the best catcher in Mississippi, by the way. Um, yeah, if yeah. not one hundred percent, if not the country. Yeah, I mean, at least Logan Tanner didn't get benched um, for a midweek game against a, a rival anyway um so yeah another thing leads I know we, into that uh midweek game against a rival <laughs> yeah uh there we go so tuesday night we um we have the pitching matchup of mikey tepper for us against drew mcdaniel for Ole miss and uh i wasn't particularly excited about mikey tepper but i i understood like we we don't we hardly have three starting pitchers. We really don't have four. Um, so it was an opportunity for Mikey to prove himself. And early on, it really didn't look like he was going to do that. Um, 
like two like a really really bad first inning but only gives up two runs there um and then he go he ends up going four and those are the only two runs he he gave up um but as soon as he came out lane forsyth came in and um really proved that he is a shortstop um <laughs> and, and i hate it man i i, I don't disagree with the with the pick at all, I mean, it's so easy, or with the with the choice to put him in, it's so easy in hindsight to say, why are we, why did we put him in? But I mean, we weren't sacrificing much at the plate, and it was an opportunity in a midweek game to decide, you know, whether this guy was going to be a pitcher for us down the stretch, and we, very, we figured we, out that he wasn't. Yeah, we figured out a lot about our bullpen in this game. Um, yeah, I mean, with throwing very, Mikey lot, Tepper out good. there, like, I mean, the dude throws ninety five. Like, yeah. He he's good. If he gets good, <laughs> if he gets good, that's another piece we have out of the bullpen. The, yeah. the like, say we get into the postseason, we can throw him out there. Yeah. But like, um, this was a, I mean, this was the last midweek against like competition that mm-hmm. we had. Like, so yeah, and it's a it's a it's a big midweek. Uh, it's an opportunity in a more high stress situation for Lane than he had seen. He had. He'd seen inning. He'd seen one inning against Binghamton and one inning against Jackson State. He had given up a home run in both of those. So I mean, we knew he wasn't he wasn't sharp. He was never going to be our first option out of the bullpen. But you know, in a season where we've lost uh, right now, let me count them: Landon Sims, Stone Simmons, Brooks Auger, and Jack or and Parker Stinnett. Um, we lost four of our really big arms, and you know, we need somebody to step up. And he he had done mm-hmm. it before, but hey. We don't have to worry about that anymore. We don't have to pitch him in a meaningful game anymore, and we'll be fine. Um, but so he gives up three earned runs in one third of an inning, um, and I think he got a he got an out. No, he gave up a hit to the first guy he faced, um, and I think Elko and Kevin Graham hit doubles on him. I don't know where the out came in, but um, immediately in relief we see Cam Tuller, who I'm never really excited to see come out of the bullpen, and that's probably not nice but um he just hadn't proved to, to me much uh in the past couple of years but recently i mean he he um he really has not been too bad i know he didn't have much of an opportunity against uh, against tj mccants and that and that one at bat that he came in for but um i mean he came in like i said in a 2-0 count so it wasn't there wasn't really much he could do besides just throw strikes and um but he comes into this game just unbelievably hot and and he goes three and two thirds innings eight strikeouts and he just kind of seemed unhittable so yeah um, the best he, version he, of cam teller we have seen like, yeah and that's that's really big i mean i know we have him and pico but they're the only two they're the only two left-handed arms that we have and um, rolling well yeah but even in a even in a game where we're scraping the bottom of our bullpen we don't see walling so i'm um, not really sure not really sure what Back the to witness protection for Walling. Still hasn't allowed yeah. a run. <laughs> yeah, he's the only guy with a zero ERA on our team. So um, so he goes three and two-thirds, and then Drew Talley comes in and pitches a, a fairly clean um, uh, ninth inning. Um, the story of this game was just that we are a home run hitting team, and Trustmark Park is really hard to hit home runs. I, I mm-hmm. saw one one quote from I think it was like the clubhouse manager or something for the Mississippi Braves, but he said something about um, about the park, and he just said when the sun goes down, balls do not leave the yard uh, here. Which I I don't understand, you know, what the sunlight whatever has to do with it or I guess temperature, um, but uh, I, I think the the way the stadium's constructed, it's like down in a hole, and so balls just don't travel well out of it. But if your name's Brent Rooker, you shouldn't, you don't have any problem. So, um, he 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 never seemed to have a problem. But uh, who who all had warning track shots? I know Jess Davis, Brad, Brad had, Brad like had two three. Of them. Yeah, Brad <laughs> had two or three. Logan Tanner had one to the right center field gap that like somehow didn't land. Didn't um, didn't even get down. Um, so I mean, it was, it was a combination. Maybe Jaeger did. I think. I think so. Yeah. I mean. It was like, I mean, I, I, I usually give Jim Ellis a hard time but uh, for, like, just overreacting to fly balls hit. But, man, it was like they were jumping off the bat, and it was a combination of, like, being a really difficult park to hit home runs in and Ole Miss's outfielders. i got to give them credit. They were getting really good jumps and really good 
plays on these balls. So, uh, I mean, I know Kevin Graham and Justin Bench both You're had really good catches. 420 feet away from it. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I guess so. But, uh, I mean, they were, they were, they were getting good jumps. Park is and, nuts. <laughs> um, so, it, I mean, I, I feel like if that game was played in Oxford or in Starkville, <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure Ole Miss would have, would have had a couple of home runs too, but I, I feel like we would have... We'd have been more more suited for that game. So you're saying the dogs aren't going to do good in Hoover? I'm saying, yeah. Oh gosh, I forgot that. Hoover's like the biggest one. <coughs> but when we make it to Omaha, I bet we'll figure out how to hit. They they kind of made runs. Omaha launchy. Some like I don't I don't I don't know what happened yeah. last year. I mean, we Kellum hit a couple. Lotan hit one. Ta Texas hit one. Hit one. Yeah. At, all you need is Parkerston at pitching in the rain, and Omaha becomes a pit, hitter's park. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> let the let the sun go down, the rain come out. And oh gosh, you it, get hey, four nineteen. That stadium left. was built for Brad Cumbus bullcrap triples, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Logan, I don't know, Luke Hancock's just drippy celebration. Um, <laughs> All right, so um, for the second time in four games, though, during during the midweek, uh, we see an Ole Miss pitcher make us look just ridiculous. But, I mean, honestly, we were teeing off on any pitcher they put up there. But um, park we big. Just, the park was just big. So um, I, I don't really take too much from that. Ole Miss fans, they, they keep saying that that game is viewed by the committee as a, as a conference game. I know for a fact that John Cohen is not going to let that happen. And, um, and then, like, Kendall comes out, and then after a 2-2 two and two week against Ole Miss, it's like, yep, Mississippi State jumped him. Yeah. I mean, like, like, he's kind of like, like Kendall, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's the guy who decides all this stuff. So, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, you know, winning, I mean, 100% winning the series against Ole Miss was bigger than winning the, the Governor's Cup. It would have been nice for RPI-wise to win another one of those, and, and losing any midweek at this point is not really helpful, but um, it, it, it's going to be fine. I mean, we, we learned a lot about our bullpen. Uh, our, our lineup is still fine. We're still just tearing the cover off the baseball, but we're a home run hitting team, and whether or not that's going to kill us in Hoover or Omaha or – where any of these places that are far off from now, uh, we just have to get to those places first. So uh, hitting home runs is is definitely not gonna not gonna uh, hurt our chances of getting there. So yeah, um, we're not playing any more games in minor league parks uh, for the rest of the season. So uh, that should be good. Uh, but anyway, that's we're, all not that I'm <laughs> we're not going to Hoover. We're not going to Omaha. That. Probably not. <laughs> we're not going to I, the. Uh, who plays in who plays in one please please put me in pete taylor park um i promise you we will hit bombs off of their jv pitching staff um jeez dude you can't say that that's dude, the I, best part of their team i know i know but um they don't throw slow so we'll probably do well yeah it, they're not crafty lefties i i will take our chances um anyway that being said, put us in Hattiesburg. I promise we'll do fine. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, that's all I've got on the four S- four Ole Miss games um, that we have. Glad to – all right, just, just going to be honest. I'm glad those are over, and I'm glad that um, we won the SEC series. I don't really care about the, the Governor's Cup, like we said. So um, what you got on us playing Missouri next week? Um, before we do this, this I'm, I'm going to go over the SEC standings so we can kind of okay. get a grasp of where we are. Um, so right now we're 8-10. and 10. Okay. Yeah, um, goal is to get to 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, got to find seven there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so just go, we're, we're middle of the road in the SEC, um, at 8 and 10. Um, I'm, I'm going to go in the east and kind of go up in the rankings. Um, Mizzou is at 5 and 13. Kentucky is at 6 and 12. Florida is at 6 and 12. South Carolina's at seven and twelve. Vanderbilt's at nine and ten, and they're they're about like where we are, uh, Vanderbilt okay. being. And you don't see anyone talking about how this guy is absolutely fallen on Vanderbilt. Um, and then on to the West. Um, we're ahead of Ole Miss in the West. 
um, for the battle of the bottom of the SEC West. They're at six and twelve. We are eight and ten. Um, then Alabama is right above us at nine and ten, and then LSU mm-hmm. is at ten and eight. Texas A and M, um, eleven and eight, and they got a they had a game one win against Vanderbilt tonight. Um, yeah. re- really impressed with Texas A and M this year. Mm-hmm. Um, like just. In, in, incredible turnaround, and then yeah. Auburn at eleven and seven, and that's another team that like it's it's, it's kind of nuts how how good they are. They're they're a game back from Arkansas. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that doesn't that doesn't feel right. And Arkansas is there at twelve and six, and uh, I mean, other than Tennessee, I mean Georgia seems pretty pretty dominant. Auburn seems pretty dominant against people not in Starkville. Um, it's it's just and Texas A and M seems really really good, but like every, I mean going down our schedule, we have Mizzou, Florida, Texas A and M, and Tennessee. So yeah, we need seven. We have two of the worst teams in the SEC coming up in two straight which weekends, is, which is odd. That yeah, Florida. Is Florida is one of them. Um, yeah, they're yeah. six and twelve. I mean, they're they're game up on Mizzou. Yeah. Like. So, um, you you saying that we need to get to fifteen wins is probably safe. Uh, Fourteen is probably safe if if we didn't have the the non conference slate that we had. Um, I, I think fifteen is where we really need to be, and so this is where you just start like, um, I mean, you you just gotta take what you can get in these series and so Missouri uh just outside looking in and I know how they how they handled us last year but that was that was a different situation we weren't desperate for wins at the time um and they they were you know they they had nothing they had nothing to lose and we had nothing really to play for um because we were fairly certain we were going to be a national seed so this Missouri series coming up and we're going to give our predictions in a little bit but you realistically could get three uh, yeah, in this, this uh, weekend. Like, I, I don't think that's a stretch at all. Uh, no. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. Mizzou has played close with a lot of teams. They have a series win against South Carolina, which South Carolina is just the weirdest team ever. Um, yeah. You beat Texas, and then you, you... I think... Do they have a series win against Vandy? I think they, they do. Play? I think so. And then they have a series win against Ole Miss, and then a series loss to Mizzou. <laughs> what the heck? Like, like... I, they got I, I swept by Auburn last week, which is not you know crazy. I, but I kind of want to look at it. I'm like, see, like, like it's kind of funny. You yeah. you keep on talking, and I'll okay. I'll, yeah. I'll go look I, at this. I'm just looking ahead, and um, so then we've is it wait is it A and M right after that? Uh, it's Mizzou, Florida, then Florida. Florida. Right okay, so Florida. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a home series. Uh, realistically, you could get two, and shoot, they're only six and twelve. It, I mean. Three you should get two there. You should get yeah, two. I mean, you should get two. So in the next six games, we get our five SEC wins, and we'll be sitting at thirteen. And then you know, facing a really good A and M team and a really good Tennessee team, you start looking at that and you say, "All right, can we get one from each of those?" And then you know, I I think we have a really good starting pitchers uh, that could keep us in any game. We have hitters who, you know, on any given day can score double digit runs. Um, you know, I, I I like to think we could get one from each of those teams. And Texas A and M is a team that you know we swept last year. I know we were a different team; they were a different team. But it's it's not far out of the realm of possibility with how close the bottom and top of these division of these divisions and this conference is. It's not out of the realm of possibility for us to even win that series. And then you go into you know Tennessee playing with house money after you've already gotten those seven wins and shoot they might not have much to play for i mean i it doesn't seem like tennessee but they could be resting players um and you really just never know what's going to happen in this league yeah um so i mean i i think i mean obviously where you have to where you have to start is the the missouri series and and thinking that you know a sweep is a real possibility but just win that series win the uh um win the florida series I really think if you could get a sweep in the in one of the next two weekends, we are golden. And mm-hmm. yeah, because then you just have to win two of one and one of the other two. So 
Okay, thank no, you for confusing. talking. Yeah, I went. I, I went confusing. and found South Carolina's schedule. But I know it's confusing. But seven of the next twelve is not crazy at all. I, I really do think it's possible, and I'm so excited to see um, to see where where we stand at the end of all this. Because 2018, we faced a very similar uphill battle and faced the number one team in the country in Florida on our last weekend, and we swept them, and we went from 12 SEC wins to 15. And ended up going to Omaha. So, unbelievable run there. And we could see a very similar end of the season here. Yeah. And, I mean, it kind of, I mean, I know it's extremely cliche, but it's the Mississippi State thing to be at your hottest at the end of the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, It wouldn't be a surprise at all if this team just randomly clicks. Yeah. Not at all. Like, I mean, we kind of saw it, like, on, uh, I mean, honestly, if if the Governor's Cup game hadn't happened, I feel like we would be sounding a little bit more confident right now. Like I know we've said we didn't care about it, but like our team clicked on on Friday, and it was like we were at, finally scoring without hitting home runs and just like stringing together hits. And we had a little bit of that on Sunday or on Saturday. We we got to six runs and and kind of kind of checked out mentally. It looked like, but um, we really did click. Like starting pitching, bullpen, lineup, everything looked good at least for a little bit. and we, we still are waiting to see a complete game and a complete series, but it's looking better. Yeah. So what, so, did, what, what did you find when I was talking? Oh, yeah, I went and found South Carolina's thing. Um, okay. So they start off with, well, games that matter. Um, they got swept by Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clemson, pretty good. Um, and then they win a series against Texas when Texas was number one in the country. Yeah. And then get swept by Tennessee. Uh-huh. And then win a series against Vanderbilt. Lose a series to Mizzou. Uh, go uh, one and two against Georgia. Win a series against Ole Miss. Get swept against Auburn. And then tonight they picked up a, a game one win against Alabama. <laughs> like, they're, they're nuts. Like, like... I, I would be infuriated if that was my team. And, and they're sitting there, it's like, I mean, they're fourth in the SEC East at 7-12. and 12. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty unbelievable. Uh, but I guess getting into the Mizzou series. Um, yeah, Mizzou. Um, mm-hmm. They're not good. Um they have a weird knack for being in a lot of games. Um, yeah. Just just looking through their schedule, um, they started off SEC play with Vanderbilt. Uh, lost the first game 15-2. to two. Uh, Everyone's like, okay, Vandy's back. Vandy's going to kill this league. Like, they, they reloaded their back. Um, and then the next game they lose 6-0, and then the next game 7-4. Uh, I think that one was decently close throughout. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. And then okay. um, the next game, they have Arkansas. Just horrible scheduling for poor Mizzou here. Yeah. <laughs> um, they lose the first game 7-5, to five, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think this game was, like, really close to being a Missouri win. Yeah, oh, yeah. it took uh, yeah, two Arkansas runs in the top of the eighth uh, to take the lead. So, like, M- Mizzou had them. Uh, and, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's... That's just a good Arkansas team being mature, getting it all done. Um, yeah. And then they win the Saturday game 7-5 to five, and then lose the um, Sunday game 6-4. to four. That, They were incredibly close in all three of those games. And, yeah. like, just just frustrating. Arkansas, Arkansas scored four in the top of the uh, seventh uh, in that game. Like... Like, like, they're right there with them. And then yeah. um, they get the series win against South Carolina, which South Carolina is just weird. And then they had Tennessee pretty pretty tough in that Friday uh, game. It was like 8-3 to three it ended. Um, but I think that one was close throughout. And then the Saturday game, I think Tennessee scored like 7 in the first three innings. Uh, it was 11-4. Yeah. And then the Sunday game, 4-3. to three. Like, the... They're, they're hanging with teams that they shouldn't be hanging with. And then yeah. uh, they beat uh, Kentucky, 
and then they played LSU incredibly close, just heartbreaking sweep, um, five to three, four to three, ten innings, and eight to six. Like every, that's, that's what I'm looking for. I, I, that, I'm looking for a heartbreaking sweep of Missouri. Um, I want to just want to break their spirit for no reason. Um, You're not a fan of Drew Locke. I hate Drew Locke actually. I, even though he can rap that one song, Charles Cross is going to be protecting that man. Gosh, or maybe Matt Corral. Drew Lock in Seattle. Mm Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Um. Man, R.I.P. Um. Yeah. So, Missouri series. I we like I said, we they're not a very good team, but when we get opportunities to score like a lot of runs, like we did Saturday against Ole Miss, like we we um, R.J. Yeager hit a home run to go up. I think six to two or something like that and um i mean we, we get big hits we can't just stop there in like the fifth and sixth innings like we need yeah. to continue scoring throughout um i, I know that you know missouri is probably not going to have a home crowd that's going to have much of an effect like Ole Miss might have but um i mean they're they're a scrappy team that probably reminds us of a mississippi state team at some point or another just like an annoyingly uh good team who's just always in games um but you know this is a this is a series that we can definitely sweep. We have a lot to play for, and um, I, I really believe this team is gonna is gonna get it done. So we can probably expect um, the same the same pitching rotation uh, with a little bit more rest than usual because we started on Thursday last week. We're gonna be starting on Friday now. Um, so Brandon Smith probably to Preston Johnson to Cade Smith. Um, I think that's probably how it'll go again. Um, and then have a fully rested bullpen, and uh, maybe by Saturday or Sunday we'll, we might see some of the guys from the midweek again, um, like, a, like a Mikey Tepper, Cam Tuller, uh, Drew Talley, somebody like that. What about maybe, Lane? Maybe not Lane. Maybe not Lane Forsyth. Maybe his big bat will be back in the lineup. You know he's been batting look, really good. I, look, he had I get, two hits get, in the weekend. I get that maybe I was a little too optimistic about him coming in to pitch, I'll be the first one to admit that. Hindsight 2020. But please don't tell me that he should have been in the lineup because his bat is just so good. Um, Tanner Leggett forced a walk and had errorless uh, had an errorless game at shortstop. So he was yeah, but Lane would have changed that. He was essentially Lane Forsythe. Um, but for, Lane's going to give you four to five good at-bats. Okay, well, if he's walking back to the dugout, dragging his bat after a good at bat, I really don't care. What was he going to do? Hit a bomb at Trustmark Park? <laughs> Dude, I nope. hate that guy. <laughs> nope. Please don't go listen to... I'm going to go look at what his podcast is and slander it. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Um, but anyway, um, what, what's your serious prediction for... Um, for this weekend, who who what what do you think the series is going to be, and who is your standout player? I'm gonna take the dogs in a sweep. Okay. And for the first time ever, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the cum the cumbus train. Um, yeah, give me Brad. You're gonna take Brad. Okay, that's very chalk. You're taking the the defending um, SEC player of the week. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Okay. Uh, Never done it before. I've always been a Brad denier. Yeah, you really have been. All right. So I am going to take the dogs two out of three. Um, I know I've I've said the whole time about how value or how much we need a sweep and how valuable that would be. I think we're going to take two out of three. Um, hopefully they prove me wrong and and uh, get sweat. I mean sweep. Um, but my player of the weekend. I think I'm going to go mm. Give me Luke Hancock. I think he's going to hit multiple home runs this weekend. Um which is kind of weird cuz he doesn't really do that that often, but uh multiple home runs. He's probably going to have a couple multi-hit games and um yeah, I just I think it's about time for a veteran to show up. Um so between him, Logan Tanner, and, and Cameron James are the three guys that I kind of look at and are like, 
I'm really starting to expect stuff from him. But, like, I know Logan Tanner is hitting over 300. Cameron James is hitting right around 300. Luke Hancock has been the one that's, like, been kind of disappointing. Cause we, I think I he may have the highest on-base percentage. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, I mean, it's like he comes up with guys on base all the time. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> it just it's it was it's kind of like early season Brad, like yeah, like if yeah. like if you watch Brad, you're like, wow, this guy isn't that good. But then his average is like three twenty two, and you're like, yeah, which I feel like how is like that possible team right now? Like I feel like <laughs> Logan Tanner strikes out every time he steps up to the plate, and he's batting like three twenty something. Yeah, um, like, Cameron Cameron James looks like he hates the game of baseball, and he's batting like three ten. Um, he's at 297. 297. I guess the right. Ole Miss game kind of. The yeah, he had week like one hit up. in the entire series, so that was he. He had a weekend to forget, but um, Lane Forsythe is batting 260. What the heck? This seems false. <laughs> Kellen Clark is the definition of white trash ball, and he's right back on him with the urchikurchikurchikur. And I mean, he he seems to be you know just like kind of struggling but then he had like two home runs against Ole Miss so like um this whole this team's just confusing but anyway um yeah so I think I'm gonna take Luke Hancock as my player of the week and uh I'm gonna take us two out of three so wait are these the strikeout numbers oh my goodness what I just discovered strikeout numbers (laughs) that looks gross who has the most? Okay, so I went back to last year, um, and I saw Luke Hancock strikeouts. Um, I, I know it may be unfair to do this, but through that entire season, you know, played like 15 extra games, um, mm-hmm. he had 17 strikeouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has 14 right now, and Brad Cumbus has 36. Hunter Hines has 48. Last year, the most on the team was not Lane Forsythe. It was Cameron James was 60, and then Lane Forsythe was 56. Yeah, Hunter Hines is, is like is one of those guys that I, he walks up to the plate, and I'm like, all right, he's either going yard or striking out. And... It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of a similar situation with Kellum Clark and um, maybe yeah, Brad's. Brad's really just tearing the cover off the ball. I'm not going to lump him in that category right now. But between Hunter Hines and Kellum Clark, I guess there's a lot of strikeouts and a lot of home runs between them. But anyway, um, also um, preseason, uh, how, we were talking about how many people are going to have uh, more than like ten or fifteen home runs. Um, mm-hmm. At any point Things in are... that conversation, did we ever say Hunter Hines and R.J. Yeager? Nope, never. I think I included Logan Tanner in it every time. No. Logan uh, Tanner, he's... Cameron James, Luke Hancock? Yeah, and they're all at like 6 and 7 right now. Mm-hmm. So, well, after all this talk of the series and our predictions for the weekend, we're finally going to get to our favorite uh, portion of the show, which you guys came through. We, we posted this question prompt very late in the day. And uh, we got uh, a bunch of questions. So uh, we're going to move into that segment real quick here to end out the show. And uh, first question here is going to be from Brooks Taylor. And he says, are we sh- are we just shooting for the conference tournament right now? Um, I mean, yeah, that's that's ultimately like our first goal. Uh, we have to get there to make it anywhere else. But I think we have, we have you know, a higher ceiling for this team and for this season. I really think we can make it to the make it to a regional, and um, all bets are off. I mean, if we're a three seed in your regional, I apologize because um, <laughs> we are, we're going to be a scary career. <laughs> we're going to be a scary three seed, um, but yeah, I we we definitely should make the SEC tournament. But I think we will go even further than that. Um, Next question comes from Nathan Taylor. Guess our remaining SEC wins. How many do we get from the next four series? Um, I mean, do we come up with seven as our number, like reasonable number? Yeah, I, I really think seven. we can get the seven. Like a sweep of. Either I think Missouri, seven's like pretty easy. Yeah, a sweep of Missouri or Florida, um, and yeah, you know, 
a win on the other one. Uh, you know, you got to get two from to whichever one you don't sweep, and then one from A and M and one from Tennessee. Which you know, I understand a win from Tennessee seems impossible. They're thirty-eight and three right now, but we're, we're playing them at the best time we could possibly be playing them. So uh, that's that's the only reason I'm confident in 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 one win at all. Um, so the next question comes from Courtney Purvis. Are the dogs back, Courtney? Uh, that question would have been would have been a good question on like Sunday. Mm-hmm. After the midweek, it's like doesn't sound sound like a great question, but I really do think we're in great position. Like our our weekend, like we're 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 I think we're a good team. We're set up for three games at a time. Like I really do think we can handle that. Um, but when we I say all that, and we we haven't swept a series all week all year. But anyway, um, the dogs are just here, so. I don't know if we're back. All right. Megan asks, should I go to the Friday or Sunday game? Probably Just Saturday. Both. Just go to the Saturday game. Yeah, I, uh, I'd advise the Saturday game. Mm-hmm. Beer showers. All right. Um, Courtney Purvis, how was Swayze Field compared to Duty Nova? Go get him, Jack. Go get him. <laughs> I've been waiting for this one. Okay. If I ever... And I mean, ever hear somebody compare the two premium um, baseball atmospheres in in Mississippi, I'll be like, "All right, Duty Noble Field and Pete Taylor Park is that what we're compa- comparing?" Um, <laughs> what on earth is that place? Swayze Field is a dump. I oh my goodness, it was a dump. So love to break your show. You were like kind of like an Ole Miss apologist. Like, like, like you take them like kind of like, you, you kind of take your Mississippi Stateness out of it, for the most yeah, part. I, I, I just want to preface I'm, this with this: you do a pretty I'm good job of that. I do like, not like, like I like Matt Corral. Like I, I, I thought it was really fun to watch him in college. I like Tim Elko. I like Kevin Graham. I like um, T.J. McCants. I like Doug, Doug McKay. Yeah, I, I like them all. What about Kale um, Baker? You know, hate him, hate hate Dunhurst too. So, um, but anyway, anyway, I, I even like powder. I even like powder blue. I like, like West Burton. I, I love West Burton. But what on earth was that? What's that stadium? Like, ESPN does such a good job of hiding. Like, I don't know how much Ole Miss has to pay for them to be like, please don't show this forty foot wide cow pasture that we have between the fence and our student section um because it it's awful i mean it is terrible and i walk back there and i i i've seen the videos of people like putting out their chairs at the beginning of the season but um they're just like folding chairs out there that nobody's sitting in and then if you sit in one people get mad at you because it's their chair but they're not sitting in it um and then there's no bathrooms out there. It's just porta potties, and you have to walk a very long way to get anywhere close to a concession stand. And then you're like not even in the student section area anymore. And they sell out of the student section tickets. And then the ticket that you bought is just like not applicable to anywhere else in the stadium. And they won't let you sit in the student section, even though that's where your ticket is for. And did I mention this 40-foot-wide gap between the student section and the fence? Um, and the porta-potties and their premium seating is just a greenhouse on top of a hill. How many portable tents were in the outfield? Two. <laughs> Two. And a greenhouse. In, in right field, yeah. Um, I found shelter under one of the portable tents because um, they randomly have one, two of those out there. Um, and then they have like picnic tables that people just stand on the whole time. And so it makes the, the seating under the tents just not worth anything. Um, also, um, that was just the worst stadium I've ever been to. Um, so that was, gee, and oh, also from right field, no view of left field and no view of any, um, jumbotron at all or video you should have brought your binoculars i needed them i I needed them um the only redeeming quality of that stadium was that mississippi state just can't seem to lose there um 
Against all odds. <laughs> I just, I hate it there. And then, and then you just add on people just throwing alcohol into the air any chance they get. And Jacob Gonzalez just hits this home run in the ninth inning. And this guy just gives me a thumbs up and says, you got something for me to shotgun? And I was like, no, I do not actually. Sorry. Um, so just a bunch of freeloaders out there. And, um, and it's just the worst stadium I've ever been to. So, anyway. So you're saying Courtney. the view from, like, a concession stand at the dude is better than oh. the best oh. college baseball atmosphere. Um. Okay, if I had to go best baseball atmospheres in the state of Mississippi, here's what I would say. I would say um, Duty Noble Field um, I'd probably go like Trustmark Park on like a really fun like Mississippi Braves game. I'd probably say that's two, three. Pete Taylor Park. There's a lot of magic that goes on there. Four. I'd probably go Biloxi Shuckers. Um, five. I would probably go West Jones High School. Then six would probably be Northeast Jones High School. Seven Laurel High School. Um, and this is where my my Jones County bias is really starting to show. But I'd probably say eight is South Jones High School. <laughs> Um, nine would probably be just sitting on my couch watching like the New York Yankees play. Um, ten Are we at might ten be, now? Uh, ten uh, might be sitting on my couch watching the Seattle Mariners play. And then can I 11, do eleven? I want to do eleven. What's eleven? The Laurel Sportsplex watching a t-ball game. <laughs> and then the Laurel Sportsplex watching a softball game. And then. And, and then I'll go 12, watching an Ole Miss game on TV, because it looks awesome there. And then 13, lucky number 13, I'll say, sitting in right field underneath just clouds of beer, um, watching your team win, and everybody else has to go home smelling like Oxford. Um, I, I will give them number 13. That was brutal. Okay. Merchant Park. <laughs> mad right now <laughs> 14 merchant park 15 the magnolia center for actual 16 people. bootsmith <laughs> 17 planeway which is now a ceasefire 18 that, that one next a... to the church on wansley <laughs> the overgrown oh, one <laughs> This has been the best clip of. Can you? You need to clip this and post it. I think right. it's been four minutes. Hey, post them all back to back. Okay. Uh, Courtney also asks uh, favorite day to watch baseball: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Tuesday. I, I don't know. Um, Sunday's usually like a lot of runs scored. Uh, I know not this year, not the past couple of years, but usually it's like fifteen to fourteen kind of games. So those are always fun. Um, probably go with Saturday. If it's a Saturday, Saturday, if it's a Saturday night game, yeah, those are fun. Those are fun. Saturday Drew day Robinson. game's hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drew Robinson. <clears throat> the next question he says: Rapid fire NFL draft takes. How many first round QBs? I'm gonna go with one. One, and I bet he goes like pick number twenty. Um, you think maybe to like Pittsburgh? Yeah, and it may be Kenny Pickett. You know. A lot of questions I, I about it. how I he's going to play in Pittsburgh. But he's got baby hands. His his hands are smaller than the Burj Khalifa. Mm. That's big if true. I mean, small if true. Um, all right, next question comes from the Bellsmith. Do you have any eligibility left, and can you pitch? I'll answer this in two parts. Um, I think I may have eligibility, and I cannot pitch. I, I'm going to go ahead and just take all my eligibility away, but I can pitch. So, um, Say you're declaring for the NBA draft. I've oh, wait, this it. is your year to do it. You do it, it again. Do it again. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. All right, uh, so, and then Bryce Holland, what is the impact of sports on the on the local, state, and national economy? I really think we should stop talking about sports on this podcast and just talk about the, um, the political and economic climate of the world. Uh, can we just focus on something serious for once? Me when the boys want to talk about the political, economic environment of the country. <sighs> just, just grind. 
That's all but, I want to talk about. They just want to talk about sport ball. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the Starkville economy is going to get shot by us not hosting our regional this year. So yeah, that's like why we built the stadium, kind of. Yeah. So anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Going for Two with Jack Taylor. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for submitting questions at the last second. Uh, I had to post a picture that would catch everybody's attention, and it seems to have done the job. You get it? He's doing the the Will Bednar. He did the thing. Yeah. So that's going to do us for today. And hopefully we have a great weekend of baseball and Como. And uh, we will see you guys next time on Going for Two with Jack Taylor. I'm not going to see them. All right. Realistically, do you think you could get my rankings clipped and posted? Uh, I'm not sure at that long, but that was hilarious. That was one of our best episodes. How long was it? Um, so you know how we had the split in the middle? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see how long this other one was. Okay, we were at 23 and 30 seconds, and this one is at 42 minutes. Oh, so we are well over an hour. Holy crap. Thanks, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. We won't make it any longer. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Gotcha. If you're 